You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to knownlegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Bacon or brisket? Yes. So I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. So so I'm trying to like watch what I eat. And, uh, moving uh, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to watch what I what I eat. Yeah. And um and it's so beef itself is a little more like fattening, I guess, or something. So I'm eating like a ton of chicken right now. Right. But today I was driving in and I passed by someplace that was doing breakfast tacos. Right. And and all I could think about was that juicy, amazing <laughs> brisket. But then I also but my problem was also the that bacon and I struggled, and so I need your guys' wisdom. What would you, if you had to choose one? No. What would you do, bacon or brisket? That is the rudest, horrible, worst question ever. Because it's like it's like if you had to choose your mom or your wife, wh- which one would you choose? Right? Like if you had to kill one. And I'm like, no, I would not do either one. I would do both. I would, I would take the brisket, I'd wrap it in bacon, and then put more brisket on top, and then I would consume that. So I'm not making the choice. Both are valid, and thank you to Jesus. We can eat bacon, and I honor him every time I eat bacon on a regular basis. Crispy bacon or, like, like oh, it's rubbery? Crispy. No, uh. no, no, no. Crispy bacon, like chicken wrapped in bacon, chicken wrapped in beef, chick- <laughs> all of it. <laughs> uh, water dude. chest. No one would know what a water chestnut <laughs> oh. is if it wasn't for bacon. Dude, I'm telling you, that, that water chestnut, you know, soaked in, like, soy and then sugared and then bacon on top, a Christmas delight. <sighs> Jim Gaffigan talks with like, thank you, thank you, Bacon. Sincerely, Water Chestnut the Third. <laughs> I, th- I feel like if Jim Gaffigan didn't live in New York and he lived in the South, it would be brisket. He'd probably be dead from a heart attack. At yeah, this well, point. he would, he would, he would, like all of us. So, <laughs> Kyle, what about you? What about you? Well, don't send in hate mail, but I'm going to go against it. I, I'm not a bacon guy. Really? Nope. Not a bacon. I mean, guy. I'll eat a if if it comes on my Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity and it's on the side, I'll eat it. Oh, I remember but the I Rudy never, Tootie Fresh and Fruity. But I never order it, and absolutely hands down, brisket all the way for me. So oh. you're listening to Known Legacy podcast. We currently have an opening in a production. <laughs> we do, we do, and uh, just came available. If you'd like to info at knownlegacy.org, please submit your uh, applications, and yeah. uh, we'd be more than happy. And the first question is, do you like bacon? Do you like bacon? And uh, everything else is secondary. It's to all that secondary. <laughs> I, I like the question. sausage now. I will eat the sausage. Oh, yeah. But we didn't. We're not, that's not even on a plate. Like proverbially and proverb. Preferably, <laughs> you guys know what I mean, and uh, whatever that word is, ugly. And uh, and but I mean, but I'm talking bacon because it was a very hard choice for me. And I think if I had to throw it on there, I would go with brisket. I, I think this diet is messing with you. But it is. But what I would say is is that I didn't like brisket for so long because remember when I cooked that first one? Yeah, it was horrible. And it was like I cooked it for like 14 hours at 3:50, and I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't know I was making shoe leather. So I, I didn't realize I was cooking feet in there. And so anyways, but Dude, no. one of the hilarious, so I belong to a multitude of Facebook barbecue groups and every once in a while someone will post their first brisket they've ever done oh, yeah. and it always looks horrible and they're so proud of this brisket and the comments that come in 
are just hilarious just and beat brilliant. Downs. Oh, yeah, absolutely beat downs. Beat downs. And then you'll get the one encouragement. Try again. You got it the second time. It's always better the second time. Like, I remember like, my first time cooking, too. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, it's so crazy. Hey, well, guys, thanks for listening. You can check us out. Uh, info at Known Legacy. Uh, you can get, get the new book, morethanyoubook.com. Yep. And you can check us out on Instagram, at Facebook, at Known Legacy. And then if you're watching on YouTube, click the like button and subscribe right there. We'd love to have you continue to subscribe as we subscribe as we have new videos coming out. Yeah, okay, so, so. Uh, introduce to us our, our guest today. Yeah, um, so speaking of tacos, I know that he has something <laughs> about Texas tacos at a gas station, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to have on, on our podcast today, Chad Matson from, uh, from Unspoken. Uh, yay, we're so glad to have him here. And so Chad, thanks for being a part. There you are. Thank you so much for being a part. <laughs> Of our podcast. Live studio audience. Live studio audience there (laughs) in the back of the cigar shop. So, Chad, we're so glad to have you on. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm concerned because when you were talking about your mother or your wife, you said you do both in regards to kill them both. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Uh, But for me, it's not even a comparison. Bacon is far better than brisket. See, uh, but he lives in Nashville. Uh, mm-hmm. So I bacon is a Texas boy, but oh, I know. I've, I've adopted the Texas ways uh, yeah. since being here for I th- I eighteen think years. Outside of Texas, bacon wins hands down. Absolutely. But inside of Texas, there is a brisket thing oh. here because we know how to do it right. Yeah, that's true. And we take pride in it. And it's offset smokers, and wood is sold everywhere for your offset smoker, and, oh, and you yeah. know and. Guys make their entire living, their fortune on doing brisket well, and oh, it's just—it's pretty uh, amazing. But I know um, I went on tour. I know you guys had Mike Weaver on here from Big Daddy Weaver. Yes, yes. And I went on tour with him several years ago, and uh, and it just ruined barbecue for me <laughs> because they had barbecue almost every single night oh and i'm i'm not kidding you i probably didn't have barbecue for three years after that tour i I could see that i understand you get inundated with barbecue i I almost never order brisket like brisket's okay to me i always go with the ribs the sausage the smoked chicken if it's dark meat um but i almost never order but california has this thing called tri-tip yes yes that that is amazing tri-tip and brisket's okay to me, but, you know, I don't know. Ugh. Sorry, boys. Uh, well, no, this has okay. been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Again, check out <laughs> knownlegacy.org. We are happy that you listened in, and uh, we'll see you next Let's week. Let's pray. Let's pray. <laughs> this was enough for today. This was enough to feed the spirit. But, uh, no, man, we're so glad to have you on. And, you know, um, amidst all of this, uh, we did want to talk to you about something. You know, I know that... It, uh, a couple months ago, you released a song called "More Church Than Church" yes. with Walker Hayes, uh, Applebee's guy. I don't know; he probably hates being the Applebee's guy, but that that I'm whole sure song. He loves it. He probably <laughs> yeah. I'm sure dude, he loves being the Applebee's. Probably when that, when that check hits every quarter, <laughs> I guarantee he's like. We're going to Applebee's. <laughs> We're going to Applebee's <laughs> on a date night. Well, dude, um, you know, so I, I listen to the song. I love the words, obviously, knowing your heart. Can you share a little bit of where the inspiration of that song came from and just kind of where you guys decided decided, and how you decided to write that song? So my good friend, Tyrus Morgan, is a songwriter and uh, um, one of my best friends. He goes to our home group and um, all sorts of stuff. And so we've been writing songs for him for years. 
and he happened to hook up with Walker Hayes before he was the Applebee Applebee's guy. Um, and he's an amazing writer. I'm I'm not. I couldn't even begin. Like he's probably the most talented person I've ever worked with. Um, mm. And he's just amazing. He's just an incredible creative. And uh, so Tyrus had been trying to get us together with him for years. And finally, um, we we got together at Tyrus' studio. And so we were talking about, you know, some different things about our lives and whatnot. And I knew that Walker was in recovery and I was in recovery. And so we had that in common. And um, Walker radically changed by Jesus. I was radically changed by Jesus. And so... Um, you know, we started talking about you know, our experience, our experiences, and I was telling him that back in the day, when we first started, um, we would go anywhere. I mean, literally anywhere. Oh, your grandmother's in a nursing home. Let's go visit her, and we yeah. go to the nursing home. You know, or the. I remember the reason I met Bill is because we went into uh, uh, SUNY Albany University. Um, and set up in the cafeteria without permission, just set up, started playing music, telling people about Jesus. And we met Pastor Duke's daughter and uh, she introduced me to Bill. And so we would just kind of do whatever we could. Well, we happened to meet a guy that had gotten in a motorcycle accident and he had one leg and his name was Frank Dudix. And uh, we met him through a celebrate recovery that we had been invited to. And Frank had the ability to kind of get us into some different places in the Northeast, like inpatient and outpatient recovery programs and uh, different things like that. So we would go in and after being in some AA meetings and some celebrate recovery meetings and these inpatient places and going to some prisons and whatnot, there was a common thread that was that was there. And when you sit in one of those meetings, um, you basically when it's your turn, you introduce yourself and you basically tell people the things that you're struggling with. And every time I would leave uh, one of those meetings or one of those uh, opportunities that we had, I'd always tell the guys, and that felt more church than church. Yes. And so it was just one of these kind of phrases that, that I had going on. And so mm. after getting together with Walker and talking about our lives and, you know, I, I always say, man, you know, every time I leave one of those meetings, man, it felt more church and church. And he was like, that's the song. And uh, so we started crafting the song and, you know, what does it mean? And, you know, that there, you know, there's this beautiful thing about confession that God calls us to. And yes. in 1 John, it says that if we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So mm. we know that confession to God um, produces forgiveness and righteousness, right? Um, yes. Uh, but then in James 6, it talks about uh, confessing your sins one to another um, and praying um, and a prayer offered in faith will bring healing. And so mm. we, we recognize that confession one to another, there's a healing that happens. So we have forgiveness through Jesus, but then there's another step of that transparency and humility and God opposes the proud, but grace to the humble. And so it's, it's the grace of God as we really share with people what we're really going through opposed to pretending that everything's all good so i guess the difference is it was just polarizing between this transparent group of people on this side and then going to church and falling into the same uh thing as everybody else pretending that my life is okay 
and that one produced a great harvest and, and one kept me where I was. Mm. So again, this isn't, this isn't a dog on church. Um, you know, church is a place we get to come and celebrate God together and encourage each other. Yeah. We have to have those people that we're willing to be transparent with and honest with because that's where we find healing. So let me ask this question, because I, I agree with you. I had the honor of uh, joining a buddy of mine on his uh, 10-year coin um, for oh, sobriety wow. and uh, hearing his story and just the journey. And he would say something so similar to what you're talking about of just the life-giving reality of those AA meetings, knowing that everyone comes from crap yeah. um, and there's no games and they smell out the artificial, they smell it out yeah. so quick and they are constantly inviting you to stop playing the game, stop playing char- the 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 um, charades, yeah, yeah, and um, and to just be humbled enough to say. And so, I guess my question for you, uh, because you kind of dance in both of those worlds, why do you think it's so hard for the church and people in the church to go where AA and recovery meeting seems to go very easily? Mm. Why is that? Why That's is there question. that barrier there? Because somebody has to lead the way. I mean, even in my home group, it's like sometimes we'll be all sitting around and it's brutal to try to get us close friends to talk about what's really going on. And all it takes is one person to say, man, I'm struggling with bitterness right now. Something happened. I don't want to be bitter. I'm bitter. And, and you know, I just I just need to confess that and, and bring it up. And it's like that sparks uh, a wave of people being like, you know what? I'm struggling with this. So it really takes somebody to to kind of get that that ball rolling every time it's not just oh you're with a group of transparent people like somebody's got to get it started um and so you know we can be that somebody um i think also you know not everything's meant for everyone Mm. um you know and even Mm, proverbs talks about like you know a few close friends it's like you know we're to have a few close friends you know because not everybody's safe yeah, and when you're dealing with these kinds of things, like, like the celebrate recovery and AA and stuff like that, has like such a privacy thing about it, um, and and just the confidentiality that comes with it, just a mutual respect. That's what it is. And uh, you know, we got a lot of chit chatters in the church, and um, and so not everybody's safe. And then too, you know, it, you have to make room in your life for. Um, these deep relationships. It's not just going to happen. Mm. And so how many how many of us just go to church and we come home, we go to church, we come home. You know, we have all these surface relationships, but you really have to make space in your life and make it a priority and, uh, and, and you know, to be able to cultivate those things and they take time. And sometimes it's trial and error too. Oh, that's not the right person. Okay, yep. well, that's not... Yeah. So I think those are some of the things and some, some of the reasons is... And I, I think time is... is probably we we fill our lives so full that we barely have time to go to church let alone do anything else and uh i think that's it's like the screw tape letters it's like total hustle from the side of the enemy to keep them busy keep us so busy yeah you know you you make me think the uh two of us are pastors you know full-time pastors in ministry what would what would you say to us as pastors that we could start to move that benchmark a little bit to where the church can be more of a place that shares this beacon of, Hey, we want to hear your burden. Like what are some things just being even like a church member 
that you would say, hey, this would be good if the church did this. And it's not a critical thing. It's a, how do we do this better? How do we create the environment? How do we create the environment? And like, the like, expectation Yeah, for even from the outside. How would, what, what would you share with pastors about that? Uh, about that specifically and say, how do we move this to a place we can be more authentic? It's creating spaces for, you know, groups of people to gather. And it's really about your leadership and the, and the, the people that you can empower because nothing you're going to say from the pulpit um, because you have to protect that. I mean, again, dream yeah. being as transparent as possible yeah. um, without being inappropriate. And of course, everybody thinks, you know, uh, pastors and people on stage have their crap together. So it's nice to <laughs> remind people that you don't, Yeah, but, yeah. you know, but it is the specific things that really open up um, that uh, transparency and permission for others to be transparent and it's not really appropriate on stage well, so it's really trying to empower the men that you have to to gather in a small group and and cultivate that there and the women that you have in leadership to cultivate it's their job really it's the church it's not the pastor the pastor can speak all day long about it but it, there's something that it, it really has to come from the people. I yeah, know, but I could be wrong. Well, well that's that's a good that's a good opinion. That's it, a good perspective. It is, and I, and I think what you to to kind of play off that a little bit deeper is pastors have the public persona and then they yeah. have a private persona. And what I what I've realized in journeying with some pastors that have flamed out, burned out, and absolutely crashed is typically one of the common threads that they have is they don't have a community that you're talking about for themselves. And yeah. so they're always on. They feel like they always need to have the answer. They always need to have the example for the people. And they don't have their own brotherhood, so to speak, where they can just be truly transparent and honest. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I think you're right. Having that balance of what to share that's appropriate within that to encourage that environment. But, man, most pastors, I, I, I hold myself accountable, too. Do you have a brotherhood of guys that you are just transparent with? that maybe don't even go to your church, mm. but they know they can see it. I, the, my brother Kyle sitting next to me two weeks ago. He pulled me aside and he goes, I could tell something was off. You seem like you're in a better place. How are you doing? And I could be as transparent with him as I wanted to be because he doesn't go to my church. Yep. It, it doesn't matter how many pl- church plants I do. It doesn't yeah. matter if I yeah. even work at the church. Like yeah. Kyle genuinely cares for me. Even if I was a barista at Starbucks, he would still care for me regardless yeah. of my vocation or my yeah. position. And I think that's a call for guys within leadership within the church. Do you have that community, that brotherhood that's willing to call you out on your crap and that you can proactively share your crap to get the healing that you need because the, the scriptures that you referenced earlier are right on, man. Those are the gifts that God gives us. You're, you're, and, and you said earlier, like, like with the mouth confession is made unto healing. And I do think that there's so many layers of that, but even when that first guy, I, again, I've said this before, but I remember someone else was telling me, they're like, you know, they're in this group and this guy's like ready to say that he's, you know, and how do I <laughs> say this? Like, like, like he's ready to say that he's going to have it. Confess your yeah, sins. Yeah. He's like struggling because his secretary is hot, you know, and he's yeah. like, he's ready to, you know, do more than her than he probably should. And, 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 and so he's ready to confess his sin. And then some guy says, I was 
taking postage stamps from the office and it sucked the <laughs> life out of the room like oh yeah me too I was writing on letterhead that wasn't mine you know and so I think there's something about that first guy that jumps on the grenade right they're the boldest and the bravest to go hey we've all got these I'm not saying everyone's got these massive deep sexual sin issues but I'm saying some people do some people and have gambling fight, issues some gambling people have pride addiction issues, issues pride right. and so, so so I think like but for someone to jump on that and say with the mouth confession is made unto healing is this idea to go hey you know what I'm hurting and that I've every time that I've done that with somebody it's not been to wherever where the, where the room just sucks sucks out it's like you're right you know I'm kind of there too right so I think it really does take the boldness of one person to say that and that's even what I liked about the song was the idea of like yeah, I resonate with the idea of, you know, sitting in those chairs and and drinking out of styrofoam cups and things like that and having those and bring to, to, to that feeling of like, I just want to be real. Yeah. Because as our world gets darker, as our world gets seemingly worse, we need strong leaders, like you said. You know, I've been uh, reading through the book of Titus and, yep. and this idea of getting leaders in there and the idea that these leaders needed to be men who were were really like husbands of one wives, accountable, ready to ready to do whatever it took. But even the idea of an honest conversation, of of, of doing those works, of like showing the fruits of the Spirit in, in the midst of this leadership to go be yourself. Because I can no longer sit here idle and think about guys like Ravi Zacharias and yes. I know that we've we've beaten them to death, but I I, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to destroy that, but like all these leaders that have just fallen. And I, it's got to be, there's got to be a moment when they said, I don't have anybody. And I think being reachable. So, you so, know, sometimes so let me, they don't want anybody though. True. Right, the other thing. Sometimes yeah. you don't want the, sometimes I don't want the accountability. I don't want it. I just, you know, so it's, I think it's, that's the other thing too, is that, you know, it's, you have to want that and see a need for it. Mm. And in all honesty, a lot of churches now and worship leaders and even, um, entertainment, you know, people in entertainment, whatever. It's like, are they building their own kingdom? Are they, you know, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that it seems like, you know, that it's tough. It's, 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 it's a tough place. Success is tough. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that's why I'm great. I'm grateful that I'm not a solo artist. I know some, some of the, the guys that I know do it really well. And then some don't. But, you know, just to be an island um, or, or have a bunch of yes men. Uh, I went to a church where I realized that the, the leadership was a bunch of yes men for the pastor. And I was like, this isn't right. Um, you know, this doesn't seem quite right. Um, so, again, but does that pastor want a bunch of yes men? I mean, for me, like, I don't even know what I want. So I, I certainly don't want people just agreeing with me for the sense of agreeing. I want people, I want to throw out my ideas and I want people to take a 12 gauge shotgun and just shoot them <laughs> out of the air like speak, you know, whichever, whichever idea standing wins, you know, that's the yeah. best one. Because that's, that's a posture of humility rather than pride. Pride is my idea is the best idea and we should follow it. Humility is like, man, here's a thought. What do you guys think? Yeah. Um, you know, going back to, uh, I think a practical question is, so, you're right. If it, a lot of times we we find more comfort in the sin that we know rather than stepping out into the unknown. Yeah. So what if you're a guy, and, and this is a question for the group, um, how would you encourage a guy to initiate that kind of brotherhood? And then how would you encourage a guy to cultivate that brotherhood to go where it's God-ordained to go? 
I like that. So say say those one more time. So initiate it. How do you okay. initiate? How do you initiate? Let's it? say you're finding yourself, man. I just I am in bad spot. I am in darkness, and I need something. Yeah. How do you encourage a guy? What, what steps would you encourage a guy to initiate that relationship? And then how do you continue to cultivate that relationship for the long haul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thoughts on that, Chad? I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I know that my, <laughs> um, you know, I'm in therapy, uh, but uh, I'm not a therapist. I know this that uh, pain is the number one um, thing that causes us to change, um, mm. unfortunately. I know yeah. that for a fact. There's three things, and I just can't remember the other three, but I know that pain is the number one. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the, the hope is, right, is to get people to, to the place of putting things in, in, in order so that they don't deal with that massive, you know, pain unnecessarily mm. um but a it's a work of the spirit and b it's it's you just have to go for it you just have to rip the band-aid off i mean there are times that i i you know bill i might call bill and say bill i, I screwed up i did this i did that i don't want to do it you know but i just have to peel the band-aid off it's like I, there's no other way yeah um, so i couldn't tell you um how to get to that place. I think that's a place where, you know, you want to change and you're going through something and you're willing to suffer, you know? And I think that's one of the, the consequences of sin, right? Is, is it does break the fellowship. Like, like if yeah. I sin against my wife, you know, it's not that we don't love each other, but, but my wife is offended and, 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 you know, it's like, we're not facing each other anymore. It's like, we, you know, there's shame and all of these things. So, you know, part of the consequence of sin is just having to deal with that uh, humility, dealing with that, like the shame of uh, an embarrassment and guilt of like saying it. I don't want to say it to Bill. I hate it. You know, it, it, it makes my skin crawl, my flesh, you know. Mm. Um, so anyway, I'm going to just ra- go around and around here. So I'm going to stop talking. But the so no, you're good. That's that's good. Find, you, you just have to do it. You just have to get somebody in your life that feels remotely safe and even if you get burned yeah be it. don't let it don't let it keep you from you know finding the right person yeah yeah well and i was gonna say i i agree with you i think pain is the the catalyst mm. um but then you need a preferred future yeah and i think a lot of times people find the pain they're familiar with the pain and they don't see a hope of change yeah. they don't see a hope of, so they will they will revert to well if i just try harder if i just um give it another you know yeoman pull myself up by my yeah. bootstraps and i can i can fix this myself and what what christ has initiated over and over again old testament new testament community is the the place the the, the fertile ground for healing in yeah. community. Yeah. And so I agree. Pain is the instigator, but I think at some point you need a preferred future. And that's yeah. what your song brings forth is this idea of like, man, there is a preferred future. And the yeah. preferred future yeah. is where you're known. All of it. Yeah. All yeah. of it is known. And you're still loved. Yeah. And you're still cared for. And you're not disqualified from relationships. You're not disqualified from a marriage. You're not disqualified from a brotherhood even in spite of having it all known. And so I think, you know, that's why I loved the song is this, it just painted this preferred future, this preferred picture of like, man, to be in a community where, yeah, more church than church, man, that that's a yeah. place I want to be. Yeah, and I think, I think even as we're talking, the thing that comes to mind is throwing out the clock. Like mm. don't, I, I think so many times we're like, well, after six months we should, 
have this together or we should have this deep relationship <laughs> and we should and we should be like like oh this guy's not really connecting with me yet not really connecting and then you're like no just if you if you believe god has called you to connect with that individual just stay connected because there's right. going to be a moment right it's not an organized thing like well every six months i'm going to have an act you know you know a problem it's like we're there ready so those two and o'clock so, so those two o'clock in the morning phone calls can happen right and you're like no i'm supposed to be here for this guy i know that you're journeying with another guy who you're just i'm gonna and he's rejected you many times <laughs> but he's like but i know that you're going there's gonna be a day yep. that he's gonna go Okay, I've hit rock bottom completely, and right. this guy seems to keep rising the surface. So I think there's another side for the for the initiator in this conversation. It's like I'm doing that, and this guy's not responding. It's like keep doing it because there's there's no timeline. Do not grow in, weary in doing good. Yes, that we just need to keep on going to pour into these individuals, and we're like, well, I'm not seeing anything. Great, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep pouring into these individuals, building these relationships, so that when because it will happen someday right. that they'll that they'll be aware of their hopelessness. And even if it's not, keep doing it. Right. So I think that that's a huge thing in building those relationships. I love that. I love that idea of the heart pouring in. So uh, that's I, that's I been have good. One thought on that. Go for so it. One one thought I have on that is a lot of times when God's kind of given us somebody to connect with or whatever, um, and we don't see that change, we get frustrated and there's kind of disillusionment and things like that. And you have to just recognize that this is. Uh, a life of the work of the spirit of God. Like yeah. it's not our job to bring people in, you know, into this, um, this, the, the right space. Like that's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to create opportunities um, and, uh, and, and, and trying to make room for people in our lives yeah. so that the whole, the Holy Spirit can, can do that work. But that's where it gets frustrating is, well, man, you know, so it's like, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't take it on your own shoulders to right. think that like you're going to bring something. Just know that God has you in a place with with somebody and, and just plug away. Don't give too much. Uh, don't give more than you should to it. Um, you know, let, let, God, let God do the work. You know what I mean? I just think about like our kids or something, you know, if they fall away from the Lord or whatever, and it's like we spend all the time we can it's like the prodigal son's dad didn't chase him right um, you know yeah. uh, he, he waited oh. for him with the, his arms mm. up and why but it's like because it's like we get desperate especially when it's our own family and the people that we love like we get yeah. desperate and that desperation causes us to kind of uh, live in fear and that fear and that um kind of ends up pushing people away i mean that's how yep. it happened to me in yep. my life yeah. It was when my my mother read Romans two and the kindness of God brings repentance. That's when everything shifted. She yeah. shifted. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and and the love of God flooded my life with you know within months and my whole life turned around. Um, yeah. So either way, it's just it's it's again it's a work of God, and and it's like an addict. You can't make somebody want to get sober. They right. have to come yeah. to it on their own. Like it is a work of the spirit, and that's why us walking in the fellowship of the spirit is so important. As uh, yeah, we continue absolutely. to seek and and discern where the spirit is moving, and be willing to ask. And 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 again, his warning, I think, should be heeded by all of like 
we think if we create the urgency and we create the push yeah. that somehow and all it does is create walls and defensiveness yeah. and they have to justify their behavior and we are really good at justifying our behavior to continue to do what we do you, you know, know and even even and, ju- and just to give credit to this the you know part of why i want to chat on for this specific topic is you know he, he, he does a weekly bible study on wednesdays if, any, if anybody's interested you know we can give you the, the contact info for that bible study because it's just an open bible study but in that study chad creates a a, a culture of listen we're all the same we're, right. we're a mess and so yep. we got a lot of people in there we've got lots a lot of serious issues i mean people have had lost their their children lost their lost their spouses mm. And so they're walking through some dark stuff, and Chad allows those moments to happen by stopping and praying with those individuals in the middle of the study. Right. So it's not like, oh, wait, wait, we got to get through this. Very authentic, and he's like, hey, we're all hurting. We've all got these things, and that's part of why I wanted to get him on. And Chad, I love that. Uh, I love, I love your heart with that. And that's why I wanted to get you on here because I knew when I heard that song, this was real. Yep. It wasn't form formulated so that it was like, oh, this would be a good song, which it, which I believe it is, but it's more, God, you're you're being authentic in this, and so. I'm, Man, any final thoughts uh, to those individuals? Well, I think the uh, the other the one line that I like a lot, and just it's, it's the pivot line in the chorus, but um, says uh, um, I'm trying to think of the the one edgy line that's an alternate line of the chorus, but uh, can't can't judge because we know we're all messed up. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing is that we cannot. self-righteousness and all and i've got some you know my wife is with my wife some and i mean there's there's different places where where it pokes its head but it is that humility and that understanding that you know we can't judge because we we know we're all messed up um yeah so so the basic point is just that you know it's recognizing that we're all hurting like you said i just was having a conversation with my son i yelled at him and my nephew was in town. He's not a believer, you know, and I'm just going after my son. Like I lost it on him. Uh, he was being disrespectful to his mother. There was a bunch of stuff, but, mm-hmm. and I don't have any filter at all. Like it don't matter if I'm in Walmart, like if it's the time to ha- have it, it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's, that's just me. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and, uh, and I sat there and in the end, like we cried and we, you know, all this different stuff. But I sat there and I just was weeping because I was realizing that like my son is hurting and mm. you know, in, in his mm. way, I'm hurting. My wife's hurting, you know, my, my daughter's hurting, you know, it, yeah. it's like all of us are hurting. And part of me, you know, like part of my, my sadness and sorrow there was that, uh, I, sometimes I feel powerless to change it. You know, mm. like, I don't know how to help myself. How do I know how to help my kids or my wife? Um, yeah. And I think one of the big things is to, to get in that place for yourself is, is one of those ways that we can help others. Um, but everybody's hurting. That's a fact. And, yeah. uh, um, and so if we're all on that same level, and again, that's that Beatitudes and, you know, this, this gradual progression in the Beatitudes and it's, it's uh, meekness and, uh, humility is like one of the main things um but i had one other thought and what was it it was and it was special um we're all hurting sitting on the couch um no i lost it don't do drugs kids. well if you think but, about it just bring it up yeah 
Yeah. This has been a great conversation. I yeah. really appreciate your transparency and authenticity there. And again, I think it sets the bar um, for, for Bill and I as we continue to have the conversations of like, we, we're really good about things that we've overcome in the past, yeah. but we're really difficult for us to talk about the things we're struggling with today. Like right now. And that's the invitation that I'm hearing over and over again is like, man, we're all struggling with something. Yeah. Let's be honest with it with someone. But but I think as, as quickly as, as like, okay, you know, even like with that, like I think the example of you, okay, I wounded my kid, but then as quickly as that, you move back to forgive me. Right. And I think I'm sorry mm. is such a powerful word that we don't use as much as we need to. Yeah. And I, so I think it, there, there's beauty in the fact that, okay, we stopped right there. We cried. We're on the couch. We were authentic and real. 12 steps. And I think that's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. So, dude, thank you for sharing that. Um, sorry that Ozzy's in the background uh, <laughs> barking his head off. But, um, hey, we got a couple of... Sorry uh, about that. No, no you're, you're good. good. You're okay. You're okay. But, um, I you know, as we, as we finish up, there are those things we do all the time called our Fast Five. Oh. And we'd love you to go through them. So, uh, are, you, are you ready for those, my friend? Yeah. Awesome. So cheesy. Drive time radio oh, show the, right the there. The cheese is there. That's why we did it, Kyle. Today grateful on WXYZ. For WXYZ. <laughs> WKPR in Cincinnati. So the turkey drop. KRP. WKRP. Sorry, it was a little early. Turkey drop. The WKRP turkey drop. Sorry if you don't know that, then you're probably under fifty. So uh, there you go. Hey, um, I don't so even know that. I know oh. you don't. Oh man! We'll send you the link later. It's yes, it's, it's awesome. TV gold right there. TV amazingness. So, okay, number one, most interesting place that you have been? Uh, I would say the Faroe Islands. Where's that? Um, it, it's basically um, it's basically Norway's Arctic Hawaii. Oh Ooh. wow, that's kind of um, cool. So we went to Europe this fall. And or uh, this summer, this spring, I don't even know what. Yeah, we went to Europe recently, and uh, we were able to go to the Faroe Islands. So it's kind of between like um, um, Norway and England and Iceland, um, and then it's like right in the middle of the ocean, and it's insane. It's absolutely insane. There's no trees on it. They have more sheep than people. Wow. Um, wow. And it's it's absolutely incredible and of course when we were there it was um you know it was light 24 hours you know it kind of got a little bit dark at, at two in the morning or three in the morning but um so that was kind of special and um i would say that's the most interesting place i've been wow wow nice if you could have one haircut forever what would you have that jim carrey haircut and dumb and dumber <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, golden. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I, there's so many things I wanted to say, yeah. lines, but I'll let that go. That's awesome. Favorite thing to do with your family? Favorite thing to do right now? It's um, favorite thing to do with my wife is to play pickleball. Oh, oh. nice. Okay. And then I, I like um, I like going on you know the walks or bike rides. Mm. Um, seems like that's fun i obviously like going out to dinner with them yeah um or just like hanging around you know we have this uh you know just the kids will lay on top of me and i'll i'll um you know massage their back or mm. get my wife you know it's whatever it is but um, that's awesome yeah so and then you know we love uh be, gathering with our community of people and and doing all that as well, but then when I really, when it really comes down to it, they're with their friends. I'm, I'm, we're with ours, and we're not actually together, but uh, we're sort of together. But still, community yep. connecting—that's yep, cool. That's it. cool. 
Okay, uh, favorite childhood memory? Favorite childhood memory? Well, I know this. Like, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, when... Now, we weren't allowed to have video games when I was a kid. Now, it was mainly, like, my mom didn't want to deal with the cords on the floor. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and we would never put them away. But it, my, my parents were... I mean, I wouldn't say they were really strict, but... Like we were only allowed one half hour of TV during the week, and for me it was Monday night, uh, eight o'clock, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So like, <laughs> we could watch, we could watch uh, uh, TV on the weekends, but not during the week. Mom didn't want to argue with how much TV, with homework, blah blah blah. So we yeah. weren't allowed to watch it. Um, so my parents one year got us a DV, uh, what they call the CD-ROM for Christmas. And okay. You see, you're talking freaking Oregon Trail. Like at the time, Sonic is out. <laughs> you have Oregon Trail, uh, but we were pumped because we thought we were going to be able to play video games, which which we did, but we didn't really ever use it. So that Christmas thing um, was fun, and then we went on some cool trips, went to the Grand Canyon, and uh, did some different stuff. But my dad was at every sports game, um. all of us every time. Um, he worked a lot, but he was always at the games. Uh, we had a summer camp and um, like on a, on a lake, and uh, so that was always fun. So that, you know, that, I have a lot of lot of good memories. Good, that's awesome. Dying of dysentery. <laughs> over on the over in the Oregon and trip. over and, and over. over. Come on, yeah, not on the camping trip, just he, on the game. Then, then his dad's like, "We're gonna go to Grand Canyon." I don't want to die of dysentery. <laughs> I know how this ends. This is terrible. <laughs> awesome. Okay, one more thing. One thing on your bucket list that you want to accomplish before you die. You know, I mean, I want to, like, there's a spiritual side of something maybe where I'm like, oh, I should probably want to do something for Jesus. Yeah, but I just want to know, like, bucket list. My, I mean, I would love to win a Grammy. That would be pretty cool. That's That'd awesome. Be awesome. Just because it would be a miracle, you know? It's like, it's just another testament to, to um you know the goodness of God and how uh, crazy stuff. Um, well, don't yeah, that's, uh, go for it. I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, I I, I pray that God gives me new dreams and, and new visions for the future. You know, sometimes it, it's really difficult for me to live in a space where uh, I'm dreaming big, um, because if I'm dreaming big, then I'm not content, and if I'm content, I'm usually not dreaming big. Mm. So I want to be, you mm. know, so. So for me, I don't, I don't quite know. I over spiritualize everything, and I kind of, you know, beat it to death. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just praying that God would, would uh, help me be able to dream big um, while being content. And uh, uh, but right now, I'm just trying to be content and keeping the dreaming big off to the side. Yeah, mm. I love the tension there. It's good. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, dude, thank you so much for being on today. I'm so grateful to have you on. Thank you for sharing this. And uh, if you have a chance, if you're listening, uh, we'll, we'll put the link in the bottom for More Church Than Church, yep. probably from Spotify or something like that. But um, check that out. And, uh, man, so glad to have you on. Thank you for sharing your perspective of that and what that what that meant and the value of authenticity. Yeah. Being real and send some of that cool weather down our way, man. We are frying down here in Texas. Right I know. Now. Do, you, do you have a fire going right right now? No. I haven't had a fire in months. I like sometimes I'll come out here and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna get a fire in the summer," and I'm like, "It's instant sweat fest." So it's been crazy hot, but this week has been more like 
in the 80s and it's been like in the oh. high 90s and it, it was it was crazy hot it so. started to cool off here when when i mean cool it's like 97 as a high <laughs> yes it's miserable so, so. anyways man it was why, great that's why we're in nashville with trees and green and <laughs> yes hey man okay. it, it's been a great conversation thank you so much for your time thanks for putting that song out and uh hopefully it's a a light to people like it has been to bill and i and yeah, it's uh, been man good. Uh, just prayer for success for you and maybe that Grammy will come. Yeah, check out uh, Chad's band Unspoken at unspokenmusic.com. They're also on tour right now. They might be in an area close to you, so check yep. them out. I know they're coming to Texas on October 15th. Whoop, whoop. So check that out there if you want to want to be a part of that. And uh, Chad, so glad to have you on. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. Love you. And uh, man. Hey, when you're in Texas, we'll buy you some brisket. How does that sound? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> I'll take If you give me the best brisket you know of, I'll take it. All sounds right, like a right. plan. <laughs> All God right. bless you guys. Thanks a lot, guys, for, for, for listening and watching. And uh, you can check us out at knownlegacy.org. Yep. And uh, you can check out the book More Than You at morethanyoubook.com, which I think speaks a little bit into what Chad was talking about, about Absolutely. trying to figure out that dream and the balance and things like that, where you're trying to do something big, but you're like, is it of the Lord? Yep. And so if you're bored in church, that book is for you. Yep. Uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. And uh, anything else, Travis? Yeah. God bless you guys. Have a good week. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Known Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so email us your questions or comments to info at knownlegacy.org.